This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at the Moss Insurance Group. The Moss Insurance Group offers free insurance quotes for individuals and businesses. They've been serving the upstate of South Carolina since 1976. They have direct contracts with companies such as Travelers, Alder Owners, Progressive, Nationwide, Hartford, and many more. So they're not locked into representing just one company. So whether it's auto, home, or business, you will get the most competitive rate available. We trust them with our insurance needs, and you should too. You can find them online at mossinsurancegroup.net. Again, that's mossinsurancegroup.net. This week's episode is also sponsored by our friends at First Baptist North Spartanburg. First North exists to connect people to God and one another through Jesus Christ, to help them grow in their relationship with Him, and to serve others in the name of Jesus. You can join them in worship led by the choir and orchestra at 9 a.m. or led by the praise band at 11 a.m. each Sunday morning. Bible Fellowship is in between at 10. There is something exciting happening for all ages at First North. You can find them on Facebook or at firstnorth.org. Again, that's firstnorth.org. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and the forgotten. Whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world, Here's your host, John Andrews. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. I'm your host, John Andrews. COVID-19. No matter if those words bring tears to your eyes because you've lost a loved one, or you roll your eyes because of how it's been politicized in the media, we all know that life has not been normal for a while. Quarantine, distance learning, isolation, division, masks, Vaccines, postponed vacations, empty stadiums and arenas, disrupted supply chains, and the list goes on and on. As a ministry pre-COVID, we were averaging about six or seven overseas mission trips per year and 10 to 12 weekend prison trips per year. But since early January of 2020, we've only been on one overseas trip and we have yet to be able to get back into prisons to minister. But that has given us more time to focus on those things that we never had the time to focus on before. Throughout the life of this ministry, I've been able to witness firsthand some God moments, stories of life change and open doors that can only be explained as divine works of God. Many have suggested that I write a book retelling some of those stories. I didn't feel like I had anything to say that people would want to read, and you combine that with the breakneck pace that we were operating at before covid It never gave me the opportunity to put those stories down on paper. But since we've not been able to work as we normally would, I was challenged to take advantage of this time and begin to accumulate those stories in written form. Now, I'm a storyteller by nature. This podcast is called I Say All That to Say This for that very reason. I love telling stories and I love giving a lot of details. I have the unique ability to take 10 minutes to tell a five-minute story. But next month we are releasing our first book called Utterly Amazed, Stories from Outside the Boat. The name comes from two passages. The first was Habakkuk 1.5, a passage that God gave me early on about 13 years ago and has become a rallying cry for our ministry. It says this, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. And the second is the picture painted in Matthew chapter 14 of Peter stepping out of the boat, 
during the storm that night on the Sea of Galilee, daring to do something no one had ever done simply because Jesus said, come. We hope that you'll grab a copy when the book is released on November 16th and celebrate with us as you get a glimpse of those things that God has done both through and in the Impact Sports team. This is the second of three episodes where we are talking about one of the chapters in the book and spending some time with one of the people that lived that story with us. Enter my guest today. Sam Clark is currently serving as a social studies teacher and a basketball coach at Burns High School. Sam's a baseball player by trade, having played in college and having dreams of playing at the next level. Uh, An unfortunate accident cut his playing day short. Sam's uh, obviously coached baseball as well and even spent some time as a football coach. To give you a glimpse into Sam's personality, several years ago after moving away to Chattanooga, Tennessee, an opportunity came up for him to go overseas with us, and I text Sam to find out if he was available. His response simply was, well, you know, I'd love to go, but I have firmly established myself as the Nick Saban of middle school football here in Chattanooga, so I won't be able to go during that time. Sam, or should I say Nick Saban Jr.? Welcome to the podcast. John, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely missing those times in Chattanooga. I really felt like I had a program built just like Nick Saban's built at Alabama, you know, with those young guys at Signal Mountain. But I'm glad to be back in, in Spartanburg County. Uh, did did Coke reach out to you? Did you have to have a bottle of Coke sitting on the podium? Yeah, no, the it, press it was more like Barber's chocolate milk, you know, from the cafeteria, <laughs> I think. Uh, well, yeah, the press conferences weren't as uh, detailed as Coach Saban has yeah, to deal with. and there probably weren't as many people at the press conference. I'm not sure there was. No, okay. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Sam, tell us, before we get started, how many trips you've been on with Impact Sports and uh, maybe where you've been? All right. So I've been to um, three overseas trips. Right. Um, one I can remember to Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I've been, also been on a prison trip as well. Okay. All right. And the other two, I guess, were to East Asia. Correct. Setting up this story we're about to talk about. Okay. So before we dive into the specific story from the book, give me a brief uh, summary. So we're, we're kind of getting the cart before the horse here. Uh, usually I follow up our discussion with this with this question. But uh, give me a brief uh, summary of how your experiences on these trips, because you're a husband, mm-hmm. you're a father, mm-hmm. you're a teacher, you're a coach. How has your experience with this trip impacted pun intended uh those roles in your life well i don't know if you remember this but i got introduced to your um your job and what you do by playing pickup basketball in the morning from Mm -hmm. a buddy of mine that i go to church with okay and and never in my life did i ever think there would be an opportunity where after i played baseball at uab that i would get an opportunity to use sports as a way to go on a mission trip hmm. it, it never crossed my mind and even at that time i can't say that i was mature enough as a believer to truly understand that sports could be used right as a vehicle and so um you know having the opportunity to go to east asia having the opportunity to go to nicaragua and even into the prisons and play basketball or play you know softball it it gave me an opportunity to a do what I love, which is mm-hmm. compete and play sports. Sure, and then through seeing the example set by yourself and other individuals that I was in church with, uh, able to share the gospel while doing this, it, it it gave me 
a better understanding of the importance of what we're supposed to do, and it gave me a comfort uh, to sh- to share the gospel. Hmm. Was there any overlap between that and your experience as a teacher and a coach? Yeah, so th- I knew I was kind of getting to that point right there. I think it took me going to um, you know different countries to realize that not only you know could I get out of the comfort zone of being able to share my faith in East Asia or wherever, there's also a mission field right in my backyard. Hmm. And I know me and you talked about this because there was, you know, different job opportunities that were out there. And you specifically told me that one of the greatest mission fields that I could probably be a part of was, was that in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's held true because I've had opportunities to teach in South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, um, and um, and most everyone that's listening to this probably knows that there are a lot of lost individuals yeah. in the classroom. So, yeah. you know, and as a parent, um, you know, it's it's given me an opportunity to share with my daughter um, how important it is to to speak the speak the gospel and spread mm-hmm. the word of, of Jesus. And and she's asked many questions. She's eight, going on nine, and um, you know, it's something that my parents didn't necessarily. Show me or educate me with. So now there's an opportunity when you know my daughter does get uh, to be a, a good age that hopefully you know Eric and I will be able to to take her on a mission trip. Hmm. That's cool. Well, I, I want to kind of dive into the story because there's, there's several parts to this sure. story we want to talk about. But to set the stage for the rest of our uh, conversation and for those listening, I want to read an excerpt from the chapter. Um, explaining this story so let me start here the culture in this country and in this city drives a sense of belief in self most families ruthlessly drive their children towards an unachievable picture of perfection and overachievement the purpose of a primary school and a high school is simply to score well enough on the national exam that they take to enter college Everyone must take this and how well you score determines how good of a school you can enter. Their score sometimes even determines their focus of study for them. I've met folks that had their hearts set on studying one thing, but because they scored so highly on the national entrance exam in another subject, they were moved to a completely different area of study. It's often been in the middle of this frustration, anxiety, and even misery where our paths seem to overlap when we go on to university campuses or city parks to play pickup basketball, looking to build relationships. One particular trip, we met a guy who had chosen Michael to be his English name. On this trip, our team met Michael at a city park. He was a young professional that would frequent frequent this park to blow off a little steam after work. Michael was very intelligent and spoke very good English, so our folks had a great opportunity to get to know Michael. Sam, that's where you come in. Tell us about your first encounter with Michael and what it was like to get to know him and eventually share with him on this first trip. Yeah, I, I'm smiling as you as you set up that question because I can vividly remember it. So I remember going with, uh, you know, a couple of my buddies from, from Anderson Mill. Yeah. And the these individuals had been before, so they had kind of set the stage after the 16-hour flight that we had had that <clears> as <throat> soon as we got out there, it was going to be like getting on the court. It was going to be very quick. They played pickup games to five. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it'd be ready to be pushed around a little bit right. and, and play physical. But, you know, the co- the competitor inside of us, I was ready for that. And so the the 
four other guys that we were with, I felt like, okay, even if we're playing pickup, like it's a pretty decent squad and we're going to be able to compete. So as soon as we get out there, bam, 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 yeah. 5-0. Yeah. And we get run off the court. And that's not how you normally. <laughs> Thanks for coming. You're right. Go home. All I could think about is, okay, whatever we came here to do, like nobody's going to listen to us. <laughs> like we're going to have, and, and plus there's however many hundreds of people at this pickup spot right we didn't know if we would get back on the court yeah you know? so much for credibility that's flown out the window, oh right? yeah so i mean we're, we're looking at each <laughs> other and and playing basketball and being in front of a big crowd at that time didn't make me nervous what did make me nervous was talking jesus hmm. was being able to share my faith and so if i'm being completely honest i was shying away from doing that because hmm. i didn't really have um, the confidence, all right. right? And me thinking yeah. that I didn't have the confidence. So, uh, I remember sitting down and in, uh, this place, uh, it's funny because, you know, we're playing in the middle of the heat, you know, probably, you know, 90 degrees sweating. I get over there, crack open a nose, you know, a nice ice cold Gatorade. And I look over and everybody else is smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, those are the guys and, and they're you. not breathing hard. I'm breathing hard, you know, after I just got my rear end handed to me. So um, I remember sitting there and uh, I, I looked at the individual next to me. And one, another thing that intimidated me is, you know, I knew uh, Ni Hao, yeah. right? right? Like, hello. Right, I think that's what that means. <laughs> that is, but we don't need to say that because gotcha. other okay. people know. Sorry. That. All right, <clears throat> so we can edit that out. Okay. Uh, so I remember wanting to um, try to impress an individual by speaking their language, and you only knew one word, and I only knew one word, <laughs> and so I said that word. Yeah. And uh, it, the the gentleman looked up and he goes, "What's up, dude?" In perfect <laughs> English. And so I, I looked at him and I went, Unexpected. Oh, yeah, and, and part of me was like embarrassed, but part of me was like relieved yeah. because, you know, I could already tell like this, this, this individual can speak really good English. And or maybe, maybe those are the only two words. Maybe, maybe so. I don't know. I mean, being from Alabama, I don't have high expectations on, but right. I mean, I knew that, okay, I can communicate with this guy. Yeah. And so we just had a simple conversation. Hey man, what's your name? You know? Hey, I'm Michael. You know, hi, I'm Sam. Very nice to meet you. Very just scratched the surface. Mm -hmm. um, but as we started to talk, he had mentioned all the studying he had did. At like I, I believe he was at UCLA, hmm. so he knew who we were. We he obviously knew, um, you know, that we're Americans there and we're traveling there, and and so he had a lot to say about his experiences in the United States. And right. he just, he was great at carrying on conversations. So once I became comfortable, it just became small talk. Mm -hmm. And so we sat there and watched a couple of games, obviously because we lost the first one and we <laughs> wasn't able to get back on the court. And, um, and so as Michael just sat there and, and described it, we, I, we, I just basically got a friend, right? Like yeah. I just basically started to build a relationship and just talking basketball and talking life uh, we were about the same age, um, and I, I have no problem admitting this. When I first had a conversation with him, I knew I was talking to an individual that was way smarter than I was, <laughs> right? Because there were some questions that he was asking me just about, you know, but, you know what what was going on in the country, what was going on um, in in politics, or what was going on in current events. And I'm like, hey, brother, I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So I knew what type of individual that I had that I was building a relationship with, um, and it was easy. So from that point, it, it, 
it it just it gave me a, a sense of okay like with all these people in this big city here's one here, here's one dude i can hang out with here's mm-hmm. one dude that i can talk yeah. to yeah and <clears throat> so and and i was not on this trip no this was this was led by a, a volunteer at the time and so i'm getting all this information secondhand so if i say something incorrect i want you to yeah. i want you to change okay. it for me but um you guys ended up meeting multiple times throughout the week right that was early in the week that you met michael right i like like i said that was the first day that we actually played. oh very first day very okay. first day that we actually played and so uh, you know ultimately we ended up getting back on the court and and did have a little bit of success after that for you know i guess mm. we were shaking off the yeah. rust from yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. But jet we, lag yeah there jet you go we'll, we'll, we'll find some excuse but we <laughs> did end up having success and so in addition to being able to you know, to have that conversation, then, you know, Michael realized, okay, like these guys are, you know, they're not bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so after the first game, he a, thought so. After the first game, I, I'm sure he was laughing and coming up with all kinds of jokes. One of the best lines uh, of a common uh, mutual friend of ours, he went one time and, and he's a pretty good player and uh, he did not show it the first game. He said, man, I don't think my jump shot made it through customs. No, yeah, no, I, I don't think any of our jump shots made it through customs that day. Um, and but you know, like I said, after we had success, um, a lot of the guys that had went before had had success in certain strategies and building relationships to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. So the guys that I was with on this trip had been before. Okay, had actually been to you know uh, East Asia. Yeah, and and they were able to kind of. I guess maybe see the connection that I had with Michael. Right. And, uh, hey, you know, why don't you invite him to dinner? Mm. You know, or, hey, you know, we're going to be back here on Tuesday or we're going to be at this place on Thursday. Why don't you let him know where we're going to be and just ask him if he's interested in coming? Uh, Now, I I don't know if we've set the stage either about the other Michael that we had with us. Yeah, no, we hadn't talked about him. And so, you know, that's that's a story that may be better told by you (laughs) than by me. Well, let me let me just suffice it to say, uh, when the leader of this trip that you're talking about came home and started telling me about your Michael, right? I could only picture the Michael that we had met before, <laughs> and someone who had chosen to follow Jesus on a previous trip, and would take the time off to be with our teams while we were there, and um, and I just kept getting confused. He kept talking about Michael, 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 and I was picturing the other Michael and some of the stuff he was saying just didn't make sense. It didn't fit the other right. Michael. And he told me about this Michael's multiple master's degrees and he was an engineer and all that kind of stuff. And I said, can we just, so I can follow your story. Can we just call him smart Michael? <laughs> there we go. And then let's call the other Michael crazy Michael, which fits him. Too, and too. he fully embraced that title. And I think his Instagram is even crazy, crazy Michael, Michael right. to this day. Perfect. Perfect. And, and he was with us on mm-hmm. this. So now we've got two Michaels and that's really how we started to distinguish. I mean, I, we just knew smart Michaels, smart Michael. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I want to say the first or maybe the second night we got there was um, an opportunity to share in a place where um, individuals are practicing their English. Mm hmm. And we were able to take Smart Michael with us, and I cheated because I used him as a translator right. or a way to communicate with with other individuals that uh, spoke the language. And so, I, I, I from that, Michael started looking at me, and and finally stopped in the middle of one of those conversations and asked, 
wait a minute, what, what are y'all doing here? Mm-hmm. And so that was my opportunity to then kind of explain to, to Michael what our purpose was. It wasn't just showing up and playing basketball and making friends. Like we had an opportunity to share the gospel with him. Yeah. And it, it's, I know it's kind of cliche to always see, like when you can see people thinking like the, mm-hmm. the there's something turning, the, the gears are moving, right? And as I'm trying to speak to him about what the gospel is, and, and I'm even using the bracelet as a way to, to share the gospel. Right. Um, he's already formulating questions. And then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, goodness, I'm going to have to get somebody over here to, to at least <laughs> spot me yeah. on some of these questions. But the one thing that Michael was was very receptive to hearing me talk Mm -hmm. and I you know like to anybody that knows me knows that sometimes when I get going or sometimes I get confused right I can stumble or I may not have the confidence in my in my words but even in that sincerity of me maybe stumbling through talking about the gospel or maybe talking about my testimony Mm -hmm. it was genuine right Mm -hmm. and 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 he was listening yeah and so you know from that now Michael, smart Michael, has in his mind, okay, wait a minute, there's something more than just, you know, some white dudes coming to right. to, to hang out. Yeah. And you guys had multiple opportunities, and, and I, if I remember the story correctly, even one night you and another teammate forwent uh, one of the highlights of the, uh, of the week so you guys could spend time just with uh, smart Michael. Right. So I, I remember – Multiple nights, um, you know, talking to my roommate at the time um, about being diligent and being precise in what I was doing. Yeah. Um, Because, one, I'd never been on a – I'd been on mission trips before, but I'd been on the mission trips where, okay, you go, you you build a house, are you – you know, like I, I went on one with my wife where we took medicine to, you know, a um, a village and, yeah. and we sat there and, and, and we, you know, I played with kids, but I I don't ever remember having an opportunity to be this precise with the gospel with one person. And there was a burden, you know, on my heart that was saying, OK, like, you know, God, you put me in this spot and I want to do exactly what you're telling me to do. Yeah. And so. um you know, there's so many fun things to do on these on these mission trips that we go on. And and selfishly, I remember those individuals telling me about those. And, man, I can't wait to do those. Yeah. You yeah. know, it just shows you kind of the immature thinking that I mm-hmm. had about what was really going on on this trip. Yeah. And so um, just that week before I had uh, I had read a case for Christ. Mm-hmm. And when I say I read it, you know, <laughs> I had to go back a couple of times and reread <laughs> it. And, you know, let's just say that it was, it was a difficult read for That's me. That's your first book without pictures. In uh, fact, I, I didn't even have to color it. <laughs> um, but no, it was a very difficult read for me, but I, I understood enough. Yeah. And so um, when these individuals were getting ready to go on their kind of off trip, Michael was with us and I pulled our, our leader aside and I said, listen, man, I need your help here. Mm-hmm. I said, I really want to dive into some serious questions about uh, what Michael is asking and, 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 and really be there for him to at least have um, a seed planted, mm-hmm. you know. 
And, and my buddy was like, absolutely. You know, so we sat there in the hotel next to the drink, the water machine, and there'll be only one person that will get that joke, but I know they'll appreciate it. And so we're sitting there next to the machine and, and we're like, Michael, man, let's just, let's just have a conversation, man. Let's, let's get down to what we're really doing here. And, you know, I remember going back and forth and there were times that Michael would ask me a question and I would look at Michael and I'd go, all right, I'm going to let my buddy take this one yeah. because I feel like he's more equipped to answer this question right. than I am. And I think a lot of the realness in that conversation, a lot of the the genuine, hey, I may not know, but I have help. I have a yeah. brother here that's, that's able to answer some questions. Uh, he appreciated mm-hmm. because let me tell you, he had some very academic, educated yeah. questions about the gospel yeah. uh, that I'd never thought of before. And so, you know, I don't know the exact time. So questions you hadn't even thought of, much less knew how to answer. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. And, and you know, and some of the questions, you know, uh, with what my wife does, um, you know, in, in the medical field or whatever we had talked about. But, yeah, I was nowhere prepared for, for the bullets that he was firing. Yeah. yeah. And so um, at the end of the conversation, I had my copy of the case for christ Mm -hmm. and i said michael i said let me tell you man i said i read this book i said there's a lot of educated people in this book yeah and a lot of people in this book or the individual that wrote the book was kind of in your shoes right Mm -hmm. like he's he's someone that uh didn't necessarily believe in christ and believe in the gospel and he set out to prove that the gospel was was not what it was and at the end he ends up proving that it is right he ends up you know coming to christ and so um, I said, man, I said, I hope everything that we've talked about and we've we've discussed today is, has helped you. I said, but man, just read this book. Yeah. I said, because it, it, it's a, it's going to answer a lot of questions or you're going to see a perspective of people that are asking questions just like you. Yeah. And uh, you can see how they're answered. And the best part of that story is you guys got down on your knees right there in the hotel lobby and he accepted Christ. No, no, no. No, no, that's not how the story that's goes. That's not how the story goes. <laughs> You're right. And, and 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 what would be awesome in that is is I think in my mind, Scott, that's how it was supposed to sure. go. Sure. You know? Absolutely. Um and and you basically, you know, Michael smiles and says, Thanks for the book mm-hmm. and uh good night. Yeah. What? But and you guys went. You flew home a couple of days later. Right. And you, you guys stayed in contact right through email back. and that kind of thing? After that night, we ended up going, I said, Michael, I said, what, you know, all my buddies are gone. I said, what, you know, what's a good place to just go hang out or whatever. He took me to an arcade. Really? And so I, it was funny because, you know, at the time, what, this is 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, I'm down for a good arcade. You sure. Know I mean? But we walk in and and I felt like I was at a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. But, but we sat there and, and like, it was like in a little mall that you went downstairs and we, and we went down and, and we just, we, after we had that in-depth conversation, we just hung out, man. Yeah. Like we just, you know, we knew it was our last night, man. I was like, you know, dude, I, I really appreciate you showing us around this place, taking care of us. Um, and, and we exchanged email addresses. Yeah. And you guys stayed in contact. Yeah. Stayed in contact. All right. Well, that leads us to the next part of the story. And so I want to I want to pick back up in the in the book in the uh, the part that 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 is next, and we'll set up what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about in a second. Um, because of the cancellation of another trip that we had planned for that summer, I was able to take a team back to the same city in July of the same year. I knew you would be out of school and had invested a lot of time in Michael back over the spring break, so I asked you to go back. 
Thankfully, thankfully, you went with us. And so here's the excerpt from the book. As soon as he showed up at the park that first day, Sam made a beeline for him, and they embraced. It was as if they had been friends since childhood. It's amazing the connection you're able to make with people when God is the one that does the connecting. Sam then introduced me to Michael. The guys had told me about Smart Michael and told me who he was, two master's degree and was currently working as an engineer. In a short period of time, I could tell that Michael really was brilliant. In fact, early in that trip, I had a moment to ask him about all that our guys had been sharing with him. He gave me a doctoral answer on why he couldn't yet accept what his American friends had been sharing with him. And when I heard Smart Michael give his doctoral answer, I could only reply with, you know what your problem is, Michael? You're just way too smart for your own good. He looked confused. I went on to say, you are trying to calculate all of this and have it all add up. So you can empirically say that this all makes sense. But you know what, Michael? You can't figure God out. I then share with him this verse I shared with you at the beginning of this chapter in Matthew chapter 18, verses 2 and 3. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sin and become like this little child, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Obviously, that did not compute for smart Michael. So let me ask you this. Do you think in the time that you had spent with him up to this point that he really was too smart for his own good? Yeah, I did. I, I like I I, th- I think that that was such, you know, going home the first time, coming back and, and talking about it like it was a huge barrier of of what was going on. And I was afraid that um, it, it just might not get to a point where, you know, he would be able to say he connected all the dots and, and, and he would be ready to to accept Christ. Right. And so I, I think what resonated with me that second time was trying to explain to him that maybe understanding this is like is, is like having that childlike faith mm-hmm. uh, that's mentioned, you know, multiple times and, and, and being able to sometimes we have to let something go hmm. to be able to understand who God really is. Right. All right, so Michael had taken the entire week off that second week and uh, second trip in July. He'd taken off the entire week uh, from work to be yeah, with I, us. I can't remember. What what did he do there? What do you mean? His job? His job. I, he was an engineer of some sort. Right. That's what I, I, don't, I don't know the specifics. I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember either because it was something that taking a week or two off was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Like we knew the sacrifice of what he was doing for us to come back right and so to me that was height like it, it put a more i've put more pressure on myself because sure. of that yeah because he was in essence by taking that time off and it wasn't just like do i have enough week uh work days or, or excuse me sick days to take off right. it was i'm taking these days off and something might happen badly while i'm gone because i'm not here correct it's not just that i'm not at work and so I can see where that would that would intensify things for you. Um, more of our team through the week had a chance to to share with him and invest with him, invest in him. Excuse me. But fast forward to close to the end of the week, uh, we had spent some time with some new friends late into the night on one of the campuses there in this city. And we had played that day, 
uh you know you get hot sweaty and then it gets cool at night because it's it's spring break you know and and they're they're uh i mean it, it can be 80 in the day and it can be 40 at night oh this and is the trip in june now that's right that's right um no I, yes it is you're right all right so we're going to stop there shama uh, scratch that whole thing and um so we're going to go back to fast forward okay so now fast forward to close to the end of the week in our time there in July. And we had spent some time with some new friends late into the night, but we had played there that day. And uh, of course it's hot, it's humid, we sweat, we change clothes, we ate dinner. And then we go back to this place on campus where the, the kids are practicing their English to, to for more opportunities to share with other people. And uh, and this is when you said that, that it kind of clicked for Michael the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, there's something more than just basketball to these people. And so we're back in that same place. Um, and and if I understood correctly, you guys were you were holding your basketball shoes because we always took we took a change of clothes and you know you'd want some shoes to walk in that kind of stuff. But you also had your basketball shoes and you were holding your basketball I shoes. I had the worst blisters. That we, I mean the pain. I, like I'm thinking about the pain that I had on my feet that week. Like I was so miserable, but and I can't remember. I remember packing like these and <laughs> these blister things that my grandmother had given me to try to help the pain, but. I just it got to a point at the end of the week I was like oh my gosh I was just walking barefoot in the yeah. in the middle of the city yeah I do remember that and so uh, Grandma's blister gear wasn't wasn't good enough <laughs> well, on doing didn't the help. trick but you're you're standing around holding the shoes right. holding your shoes and finally Michael said here let me take those and he put them in his bag for Correct. you right right so uh, as we left at different times and we're taking different cabs back to the hotel and that kind of thing we really didn't circle back up as a team until the next morning when we gather for devotion. And I remember you asking me, say, hey, is it okay if Sam, uh, if if Michael joins us for our devotion time in the morning? And as many times we've been in the city, I've never I've never said yes to that. But I felt like uh, Michael had been around long enough. And, and the reason you say no is just security and 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 you want to make sure that you protect those involved and not only the the missionaries that you're working with, but the national believers and all that sort of thing. And so you don't want to you want to fully you don't want to put things on display but i felt like you know we're we're towards the end of a second trip and time countless numbers of hours spent with with smart michael and so i feel like all right i i think he i think he gets it and so yes absolutely come join us the next morning and so we uh you know get up guys go across street to starbucks go to the bakery and you know get your normal normal breakfast and then come back uh at 10 o'clock for uh devotion and um, we started at 10. We wait in a few minutes, you know, and, and uh, no Michael. And, uh, and I thought, well, I guess we'll just go ahead and get started. We gave him about 10 minutes, and we went ahead and get started. And so each of those mornings, you remember somebody else shares what's on their heart, and, you know, and, and we give everybody a chance to, to lead. And so you get a chance to hear from other people and hear their heart, what God's doing in their life and, and, and their viewpoint of what, what all's going on. And then, but also we're, you know, in the night before and the day before, we're all spread out. We're at different courts and, you know, at English Corner, we're, we're, we're in different pods of people. And so you don't have any idea what else is going on in these other groups. And so that devotion time is also a chance for us to come together and tell the stories of what's happening around us that we weren't a part of. And about halfway through, I got a phone call and it was from Michael and I answered the phone and and uh, he said, Scott, I'm so sorry. I'm stuck in traffic. 
uh, I'll be there as soon as I can, right? And so, okay, great. Michael's on the way. We don't know when he's going to be here. Stuck in traffic, that's, you know, that's the same as breathing in this city, right? And so <clears throat> we are, uh, we're finished. And I'm, we're literally, all right, let's pray and let's get on out of here. And Michael knocks on the door. And I can still picture the room, the, 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 the green fake wood pergo floors, the hard two single beds in the room with the pink comforters, you know, and everything else. And, and I'm sitting at the desk on the far end by the window, and you were sitting between me and the door and said, that's Michael. Why don't you go ahead and answer the door? So you go up. And you answer the door, and what does he do? He hands me my shoes. He hands you your <laughs> shoes because he forgot. He, right. he took them home with him last night. And he said, oh, I'm so, so sorry. Here are your shoes. And then not thinking anything about it, you run down the hallway to put it put shoes in your room because they probably don't smell the best, and you don't want to leave them in my room and don't want to disrupt the, the time that we're having. So you go down the hallway. And I have been known uh, at times to be a little sarcastic. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh maybe a lot sarcastic and uh so when he walks in i mean we i was literally about to wrap up in prayer and i said hey michael good to see you you're just in time and i was about to follow it up with you're just in time we're closing in prayer right and just gonna kind of jab at him for being late and he said okay and he came and knelt down at the foot of the bed right in front of my desk and i said where, what are you doing? He said, you said I'm just in time. I'm ready. And I said, ready for <laughs> what? And he said, I'm ready for Jesus. Mm. And you're still not in the room, right? And so there are 13 other people in the room that immediately their eyes start leaking, right? And I said, what do you mean you're ready for Jesus? He said, I get it now. I, wanna, I, want, I want Jesus. And I said, "Well, we've we've got to wait here. <laughs> we got to wait on Sam. Sam's not going to miss this." And I remember there were two girls that had gone over the beginning of the summer and were serving a summer a summer internship as as missionaries in this country in a different city. And the soil was 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 dry, and there was just really they they saw no fruit, and um, they were really struggling by the time we got there. And so for them to see this happening was a blessing for them uh and a sense of renewal for them for the next three or four weeks that they were still going to be in this in this country and so we're all welling up with tears and so excited about to burst but you're still not back yet it's like we gotta wait for sam we gotta wait for sam and so you came and i still can see you walking in that door and you look you're like you're bebopping in and we're like oh i walked into something what's going on here and I said, Michael, tell him. And he's he told you. What did he say? He said, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to accept Christ. And I and your eyes started leaking, right? Oh yeah. And uh, so I said, Sam, you, you, this is you, man. You 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 need to do this. Mm. And I still, I you you knelt down beside Michael, and you put your arm around him, and you said, Hey, buddy, let's pray. And you said. Dear Jesus, <laughs> I, could, I, I couldn't. Do <laughs> I don't it. even think you made I, it not, past Jesus. I couldn't, man. Like I, I yeah, no. I'm, I mean, oh, I'm starting to tear up right and, now. Thinking. And but uh, totally, absolutely, we're all we're all teary eyed, right? And we're all just moved at this moment and just experiencing this miracle right before our absolutely. eyes, absolutely, and a miracle that's 
at least as far as we're concerned, who knows about his background, but as far as we're concerned, five months in the making, right? And you said, dear, dear, and, and you couldn't make it. And you looked at one of our elder statesmen that was with the group and you said, and, and, and take it over, man. And I didn't say it exactly like that, but you know very well that I was thankful that he was on that trip because knowing this individual and how, um, disciplined and dedicated and how much of a man of God he is. If I wasn't able to make it through that prayer, it was very easy to hand it off to that mm -hmm. gentleman. And, and he, just like the individual that went with me the first time was kind of my, my spotter yeah. in, in talking with Michael and, and, and he had actually seen it now from a younger man and now from an older man who, I mean, golly, man, I'm just, I'm thinking about that day and I'm thinking about like, you can describe the floor. I can describe the amount of sunlight hmm. that was coming into that room. Well, wow. you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about it and I'm vividly seeing it. And, and so, you know, uh, the individual uh, prayed for Michael and, and, and read through a, a, a prayer for him to pray, to accept Christ into his heart. And, after their prayer was over, I don't know of a feeling to compare hmm. with with what I felt there. Yeah. See, even when you're describing that story, I had forgotten about the two two girls yeah. that had that had met us there yeah. and had struggled. Yep. And 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 at that moment, you know, like you talk about being amazed and and w being amazed at what God can do. There's nothing more amazing than, than, than that experience right there and seeing a non-believer who, who you, you know, like it was never um, uh, disagreeing or it was never um, uh, a volatile conversation. It was always him like truly trying to process and dig through the conversation that, like you said, had taken over five months to process. Yeah. And then something as simple as coming down to make a decision to pray i like i, I just, just like i said i can't find another feeling to describe it to mm -hmm. and and it wasn't even you know you, you kind of picture if you're hearing the story for the first time you're you're picturing jack the guy you handed off to grabbing michael by the shoulder and being very private about it right you know and it's just him and him and michael talking and we're we're hoping that we know what they're saying, but no. we don't really know. No, they were both very vocal for everybody in the room to hear. Well, at this point, like that's, I mean, we're all invested. You're yeah. right. I mean, it, you know, I'd had a couple of times at, you know, night devotion or whenever we were, you know, kind of wrapping up the day or right. certain days before. Hey, guys, I really need your your prayer, your help with mm -hmm. Michael today. So so I guarantee you anybody that went on those two trips had a conversation with Michael yeah. or if they didn't have a specific conversation with Michael, they prayed yeah. for Michael. Yeah. And so it was a team effort. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know, you know, I mean, it it was definitely that. And, and you know, when when Jack, you know, we all had had our hands somewhere, you know, on Michael and whether it was physically or, yeah. or you know, spiritually in yeah. prayer. And, and, and I mean, the, the love, the shedding of the tears, the, the relief almost, yeah. you know, of just, <sighs> yeah. wow. Yeah. You know, it, it just, there's no words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I can remember, 
Um, you know, in, in this place, very few people have brothers and sisters. And so as we have seen play out time and time again, when you have someone accept Christ and you say, hey, listen, the Bible tells us that you and I are now brothers. You and I are now brothers and sisters or sisters, whatever it might be, whoever, whoever it is involved. That resonates with them because a lot of them don't have brothers and sisters. Right. And to see you guys embrace after that was over is one of the, the best pictures in my mind that I'm ever going to have because you see effort and investment and consistent obedience played out over the course of five months and hard times in those two trips. And then all of a sudden, God blesses us with with the fruit of that labor. There, there's so many different things that even we didn't address into how we got to that point. Yeah. I mean, the difficulty of a school teacher to be able to go one week in March and then turn right back yeah. around and go in, in you know, the, the end of June or July when we yeah. went. Uh, financially, there was no way that I thought that could happen. And I remember talking with my in-laws mm-hmm. after the first trip about what I had experienced. And, and, you know, they were seeing, you know, a believer who was maturing in, in their faith and maturing in, uh, you know, their relationship with their daughter. And, and I remember telling them about this story and they said, you know, Sam, if God's calling you for this, if God's putting you in this situation, he's going to take care of it. Yeah. And I've always said that, mm-hmm. you know, but have I truly understood and believed yep. it, you know? Yep. And um, I remember thinking, I've got to go. I've got to go. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. Right. And and it, it just, it all fell into place, mm-hmm. man. Like it just, whether it was somebody donating 20 bucks here or me getting a, a, a pay raise here or whatever, it just played into uh, a situation where there was no stress in it. Yeah. And so, like, if God's going to do something, he's going to do it, period. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's exactly what happened in those two trips and what happened ultimately with with a brother in Christ being able to accept Christ and, and being able to call him a brother was a very special moment. Well, and the beautiful picture here is, um, you know, uh, you and I, we've always been about team sports. Right. Right. We love the concept of team. And and the role that everybody plays, whether you're the star, you're the leading scorer, you're the quarterback, you're the cleanup hitter, whatever it might be, or you're the guy or girl on the bench doesn't get to play very much. Everybody plays a role, and all of those roles work towards the ultimate goal, right? And so, as you're talking about this, I just I, I just see that picture because the people that invested in Michael back in March and spent time, your spotters, as you call them. And then the people that went in July and the people that invested in him there and the people that invested you to invested in you to go back. All of those people were part of the team that helped be a part of this picture, this beautiful picture of smart Michael boldly and willingly and confidently getting to the point where he said, I'm ready for Jesus right. and doing it in front of us all. And that's the picture of what the body is, right? Absolutely. And uh, and so I love 
I love that picture. I love the story. I love seeing it play out over a course of time and not just a, you know, all of a sudden. And the, and we've told some of those stories where we just show up and 20 minutes later after hearing the gospel for the first time, somebody gives their life to Christ. And those are incredible in their own way. But to see the consistent investment and the obedience uh, on your end and, and the, the, the on behalf of the, the people that sent you, you know, financially and the people that that uh, stayed in contact with Smart Michael between the two trips, because it wasn't just you. No. No. And <clears throat> all of those guys and girls playing a part in this and seeing uh, seeing a, a new brother yeah. and, and him getting it and understanding it and wanting it no matter who's around, you know, because some, you know, if that were to happen here, at church, uh, well, come on down here to the altar, right, right. and and it's just you and the pastor, and you guys pray, and and we'll assume that we know what's going on. But no, man, he just said, "I'm ready for Jesus," in front of everybody in the room, <laughs> and he he asked Christ and just poured his heart out and asked Christ into his life right there with everyone. It wasn't in front of everyone; it was with everyone. Right, right. No, and and God had worked in his heart and life to see to get him to that point where this is something I could do with my brothers and sisters. It's not something I do in front of my brothers and sisters. So uh, I say all that to say this. There are billions around the world, just like Michael, that have no idea who Jesus is because no one's ever gone to tell them the good news. Will you? If not you, then who? If you think you're not prepared, congratulations. None of us are. Sam made it very clear that he was not prepared when he first met Michael. Whether your mission field's in restricted setting somewhere on the other side of the planet or in the school where you serve or attend, whether it's your place of work or your neighborhood, I challenge you to ask God to use you. Ask him to be present as you seek to shine his light and just see what happens. Sam, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it, brother. As a reminder, we'll be releasing these podcasts the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, go back and check out episode one so you can learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, what we do, but most importantly, why we do it. And as we close in on November 16th, we hope that you'll keep an eye out for Utterly Amazed Stories from Outside the Boat. You'll be able to read the full story about Michael, but you'll also get to read other stories of how God has worked in and through the Impact Sports team. People just like Sam who were willing to step outside of their own boat and impact the world with the gospel. As a gift for our listeners, we're also offering a free preview of the book. The introduction and the first chapter is available for you to download for free. All you have to do is go to utterlyamazed.com slash preview. Again, that's utterlyamazed.com slash preview, and you can download your free preview. You can also pre-order the books if you want to. Our prayer is that this book will, would brag on Jesus, point people to him, and challenge the believer to step out of his or her own boat and dare to do something crazy for him. Please share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media. We'll see you next time when I say all that to say this.